Hi, and welcome to Coffee and Pearls, 15 minutes of wisdom for Catholic moms. I'm Sterling Jaquith, and in this third part of our Ecclesiastes series, I want to dive right into chapter 5. So right at the beginning of chapter 5, the very first verse says, Guard your steps when you go to the house of God. To draw near to listen is better than to offer the sacrifice of fools. And then a few verses down it says, It is better that you should not vow than that you should vow and not pay. And I thought this was interesting. I'm guilty of this sometimes. I think sometimes in my frustration or my exasperation, I throw up big promises to God. If you would just do this, then I will do that. And when I do that, I know full well that it's not a, God is not a vending machine. We can't pay him and expect to be rewarded, especially in a very specific way that we're asking. I still believe God wants us to ask. My job is just to guard my heart when what I want doesn't happen. And just at the end of every prayer to say, you know, Deo Valentis, God willing. If it is God's will that this thing that I've asked for happened, then great. But too often, I think, in a, in a moment of desperation, do I make a promise like, I will pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet every day. Kind of implied in that it's forever. And then, of course, I don't. And so reading this, you know, just struck me with a little bit of humility and um, shame, I guess. And I, I immediately just apologized to the Lord. And I said, you know what, Lord, right now, I'm just going to draw a line and say, I'm sorry, please forgive me for all the times that I've, I've promised you that I would do something and that I didn't do it. For all the vows that I've made that I didn't complete. And I will remember this, I hope, that it is better that you should not vow than that you should vow and not pay. Again, in the beginning, it says, you know, when you go into the house of God, let your words be few. I think that's so true. I want to go into church and I want to tell God what I think about things, right? Let me tell you, Lord, what happened. And while I also think that we should talk to God all the time and tell him what's on our heart, sometimes I wonder if maybe church is the place where I should sit and listen a little bit more. And I laugh about that because listening to the Lord while wrangling three children under three is kind of difficult, but he's there and I can find moments and I can do a better job listening to him. I don't want to be the person who sits there and offers a sacrifice of fools. And I'm not talking about you know, as moms, when we're struggling and we say, Lord, you know, all I can give you today is, is this small little thing because it's all I have, like the woman with the perfume or her two coins. That's a beautiful sacrifice. I'm talking about uh, when I kind of throw up a surly, thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross, but could you really just fix my marriage already? <laughs> right? That, that feels a little bit more like a sacrifice of fools, where there's no sacrifice at all. So that was kind of the first thing that popped out to me as I was reading 
chapter five. Then I just want to kind of skip chapter six. It, it talked a lot more about things that we'd already talked about in chapter one. But then chapter seven was so good that I, I wanted to dive into that with you guys. So chapter seven is a lot about wisdom. And so here in verse two, it says, it is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting. For this is the end of all men, and the living will lay it to heart. And so I think what it's saying here is, it's so much better for us to consider our own death, our own mortality, the shortness of our lives, than it is to just party and celebrate. And of course, as Catholics, we have feast days, and I love that. But, but this is saying, when it comes to wisdom and making good choices... When you leave a funeral, it's very likely that you are going to examine your life and say, wow, how can I be a better mom or wife or Catholic if, you know, I have a short time to live? Whereas it's often true that when we go to a party, we come away thinking like, I wish I had a dress as nice as hers or a house as nice as hers or I could make beautiful cupcakes like she did, right? Not often do I find myself coming away from a party thinking, okay, I want to be the best version of myself. Now that's a limiting belief too. We could definitely go to parties and just see the good in the people that we spend time with and the, the beauty of our communities. But I think it's fair that the Bible is calling us out on that and saying, but probably not though. Probably when you leave a house of mourning, you will seek more wisdom than when you leave a house of feasting. And it goes on to to say, sorrow is better than laughter, for by sadness of countenance, the heart is made glad. The house of the wise is in the house of mourning but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. And I want to be careful here because, you know, it's not saying that as Catholics we should be sad and that sadness is better than joy. I think instead it's saying it's important for us to have fear of the Lord and to know this battle that's being waged for our souls right now and we just don't see it. I wish we could see it. I wish the veil could be lifted and we could see the demons who are trying to pull us down and the, and the saints who are trying to call us home and this great battle that's going on. And if we could see it, so much of what we worry about would instantly melt. and We wouldn't even think about it anymore. It's like, what were we worried about in January? And now we'd laugh about that <laughs> because of the seriousness of what's going on. It is better to have the kind of sorrow that we have about our sinful nature. It's better for you to feel a little bit bad right now and go, you know what, Lord, I'm sorry that I'm blowing it. I'm sorry that I've been complaining and I've been bitter and I feel entitled to some things that I don't have right now. I love you, Jesus. Thank you for letting me wake up today and just be with my family. It's a beautiful day. We have food and we're safe. It's important that we have that kind of sorrow, that deep sorrow of our sins. Especially in light 
the fact that most of us can't have the sacrament of confession right now, let us confess our sins every day to the Lord with perfect contrition. I'm so sorry, Lord, that I've been grumpy or angry or sad. Just come sit with me, Lord. Sit with me in those feelings. Help me to feel your peace and your joy about the good news. And then at the very end of chapter 7, it says, I circled the whole paragraph because it was so great. Verse 14. In the day of prosperity, be joyful. And in the day of adversity, consider. God has made the one as well as the other, so that man may not find out anything that will be after him. It is saying that God will give us prosperous days. God will give us days of adversity. And he gives us both so that we fight for our souls. He has not shown us the joy of eternity because if, if all he did was show us the joy of eternity, well, I don't know. I don't know how I would react if I really saw heaven. Part of me always thinks, if I really, if I got to just see what heaven was like, then I would be such a good girl and I would make all the right choices. But that is obviously not the way that the Lord has set it up. And it says right here, it's on, on purpose. So that man may not find out anything that will be after him. God does not show us whether we will be in heaven or hell. And we don't get to know that about almost anybody, save for the saints. And he says, consider that God has made the prosperous days as well as the adversity ones. That's a hard pill to swallow, right? The melancholic in me wants to be able to pout about the, <laughs> the hard days. Um, my husband and I have been struggling with that lately. You know, we get to the end of the day and we're like, wow, will it ever not feel so heavy? Having nothing to do with virus stuff, right? We just have six very small children, right? I mean, my oldest just turned nine. And I was talking to somebody else who had six children and her oldest was 16. So she was like, I had the same number of children in 16 years that you had in eight. Rosemary was eight when I had Peter. And this isn't a competition, but it's good to have perspective over things that are really difficult. I'm in some days of adversity right now. And God is asking me to give joy, even though there's so much screaming and crying and pooping and all normal. But man, it grates on you. And specifically, my husband and I were talking about eating healthy food. You know, we're both trying to lose, we call it our baby weight, <laughs> because uh, husbands gain weight when you get pregnant too, usually. And, um, and we're really struggling. It's like, we're really good at doing it for 80% of the day. And then after five o'clock or six o'clock, it's just so difficult. And I, it's just the sheer amount of, of noise and screeching and problem solving. And I want to feel like I could pray my way out of that. But instead, lately, I've been trying to tell myself, this is my hero's journey. A lot of self-help 
communities talk about the hero's journey. And I like the idea of the hero's journey. I think it resonates a little bit more with men who want to go out into the world in battle. And I think that's great. I want to incorporate that a lot with my sons. What's your hero's journey today? It doesn't land as well for me as a woman or a mom, but I've been trying to play with it anyway. And so, and I've been trying to say it out loud with the kids. I've been saying, oh, is that a poopy diaper? There's another step on my hero's journey, right? And the kids kind of laugh. And I have to do that because otherwise I think if I allow myself to just hold on to the sadness of like, I can't, I just changed your diaper. I just can't believe I have to do it again, right? It's so easy to do that, you guys, about so many things. And so I'm trying to just reframe it and say it out loud to the kids. Oh, this is my hero's journey. This is what I'm supposed to be doing right now, right? Um, I'm like Odysseus. And instead of, you know, having to, to battle all these monsters or, or go on all these quests, you know, this is my quest. My quest is to tackle this diaper, to slay it, to feed Peter, to feed all of them all the time. So much food. Oh, Peter's with me on the floor in case you can hear, hear him kind of cooing down there. And so I'm on this hero's journey and, you know, I, I love how God knows what's on my heart. And then when I open the Bible, he kind of stitches together what's been on my heart and what I read. And so I, I really felt like chapter seven in Ecclesiastes was talking about that hero's journey. Like heroes, by the way, are, are often sad. <laughs> you know, it wouldn't be a hero's journey if they weren't. Um, if they just had a smooth sailing, you know, walk down this field and, and go pick a bunch of apples and then come back, we wouldn't consider them her heroes, right? I mean, Hercules had to go and battle monsters and be super tough in order to be considered a hero. And there were many times when he felt discouraged and sad and hopeless. But that kind of, to me, ties back to it's better to go to the house of the morning. It's better to, to step into that pain of our, our mortality and our challenges. And then to seek wisdom, to seek the Lord and to say, Lord, I'm going to battle for my soul every day. I'm going to do that with these children. I'm going to show them that no matter what's happening, that you are my peace and my joy and that this is what you've put in front of me today. This is what you're asking me to do. So here are the three things I want you to do today. One, if you feel that you need to, apologize to the Lord about all of the vows that you've made and not fulfilled. I don't think you need to try to remember all of them and then try to hustle and fulfill them. Just Get down on your knees. I love praying on my knees. There's just something so beautiful and humble about that. Just do that. And say, Lord, forgive me for all the vows that I've made and not paid. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about my, my over-excitement, my vanity, my pride, thinking that I could do it. I'm nothing without you, Lord. You are everything to me. I can't do anything apart from you. And I am sorry about those empty promises. Please forgive me. 
The second thing I want you to do is I want you to imagine that you just attended a funeral. Even if it was just the virtual funeral for every single person in the world who died today. Thousands of people die every day. And we're so disconnected from that number. A little more connected now, I might add, because of the news. But thousands of people die every day. Just sit with that. I want you to just prayerfully consider that. Picture yourself wearing all black and staring at a family who's just lost this beautiful person. And I want you to stand up and picture yourself walking out of that house and closing the door and thinking to yourself, I want to be a wisdom seeker. I want to seek wisdom, Lord. I want to make the most of this life that you've given me. I want to seek you, Lord, which is the same thing as wanting to seek wisdom. And maybe even scratch out a couple ideas. Read your Bible, listen to some more religious podcasts. Call a woman who's older than you and has more wisdom. Just ask her, say, What's one piece of advice you would have for someone my age or in my stage of life? And then the third thing I want you to do is I want you to look around your life this week for the rest of the week. Peter agrees. And I want you to ask yourself, what does my hero's journey look like today? What is God asking me to do? What small things are popping up in front of you? What medusas, what quests? Think of the, the heroes of Greek mythology. Think of what they've had to, to battle to do to become heroes. And start seeing that in your own life. What very simple mundane things are the stepping stones of your hero's journey. God is watching you. Even if nobody else sees what you do, God is watching you and he's asked you to go on this journey. And if you have children old enough to understand, tell them, say, God wants me to be a hero. And this is my hero's journey. These are the battles that I have today. And I conquered here and I won this battle I completed this quest. Think of our lives that way. And I think we might feel a bit more connected to the battle that's going on for our souls. Make no mistake. There are demons who are trying to tear you down today. And there are angels and saints who are praying so hard for you to overcome. I hope that helps. I hope that lifts you up a little bit today. I hope all of you are doing fine. Remember to be kind to yourselves. Okay? Nothing is worse than having a bad week or a month or a quarter or a quarantine and then also beating yourself up about it like you're the only one that's having a hard time. Everyone is having a hard time right now. Be kind to yourself. Give yourself a hug. Keep your eyes fixed on Lord. Seek wisdom and ask Jesus to walk with you. Thank you so much for listening to Coffee and Pearls, and have a blessed day.